This is the Tom McBee Tales. I'm your host, Shannon Evans, and I write about a small town in Northeast Mississippi called Columbus. Today's episode is titled The Big Lie. If her mouth is moving, she's lying is the most common comment I have had today based on this morning's article in the dispatch on the repair work at the Elks building. The she that there be that is being referred to is the director, Nancy Carpenter. The only comment made more often is, why hasn't the CVB board fired her yet? Well, that's a good question. So let's dig into it in the latest details. This morning, while dealing with a pesky gas leak at my house at 8 a.m., my phone began to blow up. First, it was in the pre-dawn hours over a holiday ad for Visit Columbus that featured Carpenter's own home decked out for the holidays in Mississippi Magazine, and not one mention of the upcoming Christmas events in town like other communities had on their ads in the same issue of the magazine. Ugh, another expensive ad and another expensive mistourism marketing opportunity. But hey, Carpenter's personal brand got playtime and a narcissistic boost using our tax dollars. But we all know Carpenter uh, does not bat an eye at spending that 2% tax money willy-nilly, and especially on herself, her family, and on any what we call CYA projects. But why are we surprised? The, uh, the other set of emails, texts, and Facebook messages I got this morning all related to a dispatch article about the CVB's repairs at the Elks Building in preparation for the annual arts and antique show and sometimes sales. Notice I did not call them renovations or restorations. That's on purpose. In my previous podcast episode, I explained the difference and discussed why this week's busy work is just band-aids, especially since the roof still leaks and the building is still infested with black mold and rodents. The director of the CVB in this article on the dispatch tells multiple bald-faced lies that the dispatch failed to do even the most moderate of investigative efforts to question Carpenter's veracity. If they had, they would have caught her in one lie after another. What is the dispatch doing? Why are they so afraid of Carpenter and allow her to use their pages to perpetuate her lies and untruths? She appears to use their reporters as PR ops, and for some reason, they don't bother asking the hard questions or even following up with other sources to validate or dispute her comments. Don't these reporters realize she no longer has a stranglehold on how, where, and how much ad dollars are spent? I wonder if Bernie Imes Jr. or Skip Burson are watching over from behind the veil and wanting to slap the back of the reporter and the editor's heads. This is basic journalism. Why is Carpenter allowed such soft interviews when it is well-known fact that she lies so often? Let's dissect that article just to prove a point. Carpenter told the dispatch the work began on the building in mid-October and the CVB is using a $20,000 grant from Mississippi Heritage Hills area as well as a 20K match to that funding grant. The work did not begin in, in mid-October. Let's look at the actual timeline of events. On the 16th of October of 2023, Carpenter sent out her original invitations to a location, what we call the rack, 
or the Rosenzweig Art Center. She failed to secure the, that place as her venue before printing and mailing out 500 plus invitations to the wrong place to the tune of $700 for the printing and over $500 for the postage. The change of venue due to Carpenter's own laziness and complete lack of follow through happened on or about October 21st. Stickers with change of address to the Elks Lodge went out on Sunday, October 22nd, just 11 short days ago. The work did not start in the building until Monday, October 23rd, an act she instigated without the knowledge or approval of her board. As a matter of fact, I was one of the first to notify board members that the event was now at the Elks Lodge. Next, Carpenter states that the Mississippi Heritage Hills grant, which once sat allocated to museum work for displays or studies, it's not exactly clear in the way she reports it, but we'll get into that later because it's the Heritage Hills group and how the, the grant could be used. Now, wait just a doggone minute. When did the CBB board meet to... to um, give her the approval to use that grant money to do this. Where is this grant money in the budget? <clears throat> Where's the 20K match in the budget? And did Heritage Hills say she can, <coughs> excuse me, change the project for that grant? Let's talk about what how that project was defined. The grant was awarded to aid with the development of cultural heritage components of the Columbus Children's Museum. Isn't this a misuse of grant funds considering there isn't a children's museum and this event and the building is not currently being used for that? And isn't this the grant from the organization that costs the CVB $10,000 for Carpenter to belong to every year? I did do a complete podcast on this. It's called the self-licking ice cream cone. Carpenter then goes on in the dispatch article stating that there are electrical and plumbing issues, including a broken water line that they've known about since December of 2022. Why did it take so long to get the city out to do such a simple fix? Was the city aware of the issue before now? Why did it take 11 months to get this issue repaired? The article then states the CVB took out a $450,000 loan on the building in 2015 and that the estimates to convert the building were three to five million. However, per the dispatch's own articles previous to this, when the building was purchased, the first estimate for converting the, the use to a museum was 1.5 to 3 million. Notice that that number keeps growing and changing. Further, in the article, the dispatch quotes Carpenter, is saying that the Arts and Antique Show is usually held at the Rosenzweig Arts Center and the event was switched to the Elk Club to bring more attention to the proposed Children's Museum. Again, this is a convoluted obfuscation of facts and even a lie that is so easily proven if the reporter had bothered to cross the street from the dispatch offices and gone to speak to the director of the Rosenzweig Center, Salem Gibson. But let's start with the first half of the statement, where the event is usually held. Once upon a time, the Arts and Antiques show was huge and had marvelous vendors and artists, and in fact was so large, the only place in town large enough 
to hold the event was the Trotter Center, and people paid top dollar for tickets to attend the events. Today, it is much smaller and is a free event. This event predated Carpenter's tenure as director of the CVB. Vendors and tourists once came from all over the country to take part in this event. As time went on and Carpenter took over at the CVB, this event that required nine to 12 months of planning was suddenly relegated to six to nine weeks or less of planning. And so vendors fell out and the event contracted to in a couple of years, it was held, the event contracted in a couple of years, it was held on the Mississippi University for Women's Campus. Finally, it had fallen to four to six vendors and was then moved to the Arts Center, the Rack, to save money and not wanting to be swallowed by such a large space as the Trotter Convention Center's downstairs rooms. Which brings us to this year. Carpenter told Salem Gibson, the director at the Rack, in August or September that she would be using the Rack for her event. Gibson told Carpenter she needed to put in a request in writing and he would take it to his board. Per my previous podcast, she never put the request in writing and never followed up. And so Gibson made other plans for the space. Carpenter assumed she had the space and before confirming so, she had 1,000 invitations printed and mailed out and told her invitees and her vendors it would be at the rack. In passing, she then spoke with Gibson later and said she wanted to firm up final plans. This was approximately on or about the 16th of October, before the event that's being held November 2nd. She And Gibson told her that the space was otherwise committed and she was then forced to make other plans. She immediately sent out change of venue cards for an additional $500 in postage to her mailing list that the event would be held at the now derelict Elks Lodge without her board's knowledge or approval. So she lied to the paper saying it was planned at the Elks in order to bring awareness of the Children's Museum plans. She lied and the dispatch bought it hook, line, and sinker. So much for verifying their facts. So much for journalistic integrity. The truth was across the street from their offices and they never even bothered to call Gibson to ask a single question. Why? Was it shoddy journalism or just free PR for Carpenter? Anyways, how embarrassing. It takes so little to catch Carpenter out in such a bald-faced lie. So why did they print it? Add to this miasma of untruths the tall tales Carpenter adds to the article. Suddenly, she will get to work on the facade work replacing the roof and other interior renovations in the Elks Lodge. What Carpenter fails to mention is the budget at the CVB only has $10,000 this year for maintenance and repairs, and she has clearly blown through that with the current work and she that she's having done on the building to prepare for this event. Where does she think that money will, will magically appear from? Why is she suddenly waiting till now, so many years after purchasing the building, to get this work done? It is certainly not in this year's CVB budget to do these repairs. The roof that she is proposing to replace will cost over $100,000 to repair and replace. It is a massive and costly undertaking due to the height of the building and the size of that roof and the extent of damage. 
Perhaps that $86,000 Jumbotron money could have been put to better use repairing that roof. I mean, just saying, especially when you consider the number or lack of numbers of tourists that that Jumbotron ad resulted in for Columbus. The next concerning piece brought into the dispatch article is that Carpenter asserts that within the next 10 days, a very specific number, how odd to know exactly how many days it will be, she will be speaking with folks with with funds interested in our, quote, little museum. Who? And why hasn't it taken her until now to do this? Why now? Has she spoken to her board about those interested parties? Shouldn't her executive committee be present for those talks, especially since she is retiring March 31st, 2024 from the CVB? Where's that follow-on set of questions? At least the dispatch presented the board president, Liz Terry's statement that no decisions have been made by the board on the future of the Elks building. However, why didn't the dispatch then go back to Carpenter and point that out? Why is Carpenter's obvious line allowed to continue unchallenged? When will she finally be held accountable? If she lies so easily about little things that are so easily proven as falsehoods, what else has she lied about that is monumental? Where is the accountability? Why is she still employed by the CVB? This continuance of Carpenter in this position is not only embarrassing for the CVB, but also for our town. If you or I lied in our jobs as often as Carpenter has, we would have been fired 10 times over by now. Call the dispatch and demand better, fair reporting. Email the board of the CVB and demand the removal of Carpenter as the CEO and director. And if you want to do something good and focus on the positive, Make a donation to the RAC for standing up to Carpenter's bullying. You can send them a donation at columbusartscouncil.com forward slash donate. I want to thank you for following me on the Tom Bigby Tales. My name is Shannon Evans. And until next time.